fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. I am so honored and privileged to have with me one of the co-founders of the Legends, First Form Legends Championship, Joe Linton. Joe, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to put up a live call-in number. I just want to let everybody know I have the phone hooked up. I know we have an audience of a lot of master's athletes, uh, so they may have some questions. If you do, go ahead and pop on the phone. Um, if not, just sit back, throw some stuff in the comments, and we will uh, be sure to answer to the best of our ability what's going on. So, so Joe, uh, it is a week away uh, from Legends, the First Form Legends Championship uh, that's going on this year in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, yeah. Everything's all set up and ready to go. You don't have anything to do for the next week? Yeah, pretty much, uh, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, this is uh <clears throat> this week Monday through Wednesday is normally pretty busy as always. Um, just confirming that you know shipments are on their way to show up and all that uh all that good stuff that we have for the athletes, volunteers, spectators, and uh, make sure all the the heavy equipment's going to be there. So just confirming all those uh, big ticket items are on their way. That's pretty much where we're at now. Then um final communication with volunteers. Uh, starting more communication with athletes. Um, that's always the exciting part. And, uh, you know, just fielding all the questions we get from athletes along the, along this week as well. There's always a lot of questions that come in this last week. So unlike the CrossFit games where they have 40 women, 40 men, you have over 500 athletes coming in next week to compete. Um, what are the logistics like making sure everybody knows where they're supposed to be where they have to check in, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so we like to keep it simple with check-ins. So check-ins always at the same venue. Um, we like to do that because it gives them, gives the athletes a chance to see what we've set up and uh, where they're going to be competing and kind of get the excitement going from, from check-in. Uh, this year is going to be uh, much like how we did in 2021, where you'll walk into the venue, you're going to see more, more set up. Actually, we're starting a full day earlier this year. So the plan is right now that, um, both floors will be set up completely decals, rig and everything. All the signage will be, uh, will be out and about. We'll be buttoning up, buttoning up some small stuff here and there, but upon check-in, we'll be able to allow the athletes to walk on the floor, kind of take pictures. They will gather their gear credentials and other goodies we have for them they're going to change into one of the outfits they're getting from first form our title sponsor um then they'll have their professional photos taken um i think it's like three or four poses in which uh, they'll be sent via email that evening to uh post as they want and um so it's making sure that all the athletes uh have all the information as far as check-in and we like to keep it the same spot so that there's no confusion. So what a, this is going to be a blend. I really want to talk a lot about this year's competition, then get into what, what's going on with you guys next year. 
but like check in with professional outfits, photos. That seems very games esque. Is yeah. this like a trial run for you this year to kind of put some of this stuff in place, see how it's going to work logistically uh, to get you ready for next season? Um, so we did this in 21. It's not, um, this is a step up from 2021. Okay. Uh, 2021 was basically we were trying to replicate as much as we could of the game's experience. Um, and replicating the game's experience it technically has always been our goal from day one. That's why we have so many athletes, especially in the younger age groups. So we wanted to give every master's group, the 35s, the 40s, and so on, um, as many competitors as possible, just like the pros have. They compete against 40. So that's why we have 40 in the beginning age groups. And then it scales down according to uh, participation from the master's community in the open and other competitions. So this has always kind of been our goal is to increase what we can do at check-in, um, increase that experience. This year is going to be our biggest and best year. Um, we'll have sponsors there, uh, first form tier or TYR. Um, giant lifting will be there as well as a few other sponsors and vendors so that you can meet and greet them. They're giving them some really good discounts out there. Uh, so we're creating a whole, a whole nother level of experience. Our goal is to win everyone over at check-in and then, you know, if they've got them smiling at check-in, we'll keep them smiling all weekend. So you've kind of been like the vagabond of, of competitions. You, you were in incendia, you were in San Diego, you went to Cookville this year. It's Tempe, Arizona. Why Tempe? It main beginning reason was that giant lifting our equipment sponsor was located in phoenix and when you're trying to source equipment it's much easier to work a deal with that and um, minimize cost if their shipping is minimal so that was one of the first uh first reasons second is that um cost of stay and travel to Tempe is much better than uh, San Diego, where we were prior. It's also uh, easier than Cookville. Now, Nashville is easy, but you know Cookville is an hour outside of Nashville, so a lot of people had to get rental cars and arrange transportation. So ease of travel, cost of travel, and equipment were the three main main buckets that kind of sold us on looking into the area. Then upon receiving information about the fitness center, Sun Devil Fitness Center at ASU, um, after my first site visit, we were pretty much sold. We we're like, we got to make this happen. It's a beautiful, beautiful venue, lots of opportunity for growth, even outside the fitness center itself. We are, uh, we're already planning mm -hmm. taking on a much bigger footprint uh, next year at ASU. Um, so it's uh, it's been a really good experience so far. Probably the best experience we've had so far in dealing with a um, facility and the city. Well, I, I can tell you for one, I truly appreciate the fact that ease of travel, um, yeah. Yeah. The Airbnb we're getting is at such a great rate compared to other places. Awesome. Um, it's making it so it's not such a struggle for us smaller media companies uh, to be able to get to a place to be able to cover the event. Yeah, that, 
great there because that's again a bit a big driver and that also goes to like volunteers you know we're getting people that are volunteering their time you know we want to minimize that cost as much as possible but also like we're in a city that has an international airport so lots of flight options which means they can you know they're an hour flight away from san diego if they want to take their family you know on a little bit one more little flight and then they can vacation there or you can be in phoenix it, phoenix it's a beautiful time uh of year to be in phoenix it's going to be from what i saw it's going to be sunny about 75 the entire competition but uh, if anybody knows our history the past three years it's rained the first two days for the past three years running so maybe uh we'll have a little bit of rain but we'll be inside this year not like our last time in uh 2020 we were in goodyear arizona and it rained on us day one uh one of our listeners kenneth said no super eight this time scott no don't have to go with the super eight we have an airbnb with a private pool and probably paying less than i did at the super eight in madison this year so can't beat that with a stick because uh, it was 23 degrees here yesterday, Joe. So I am dying to get to Tempe next week. Yeah, I was just out there two weeks ago, and it was 80 degrees and sunny. <laughs> I will take that for sure. <laughs> um, so last year, because of the size, I'm guessing, you split the day into two, where like some of the age groups went in the morning, some of the age groups went in the afternoon. Do you have to do that at ASU or um, are you going to be able to run kind of everybody simultaneously? So our original goal was to do that. And we're, we're still sticking to that, but with a little more overlap, which we don't mind. Um, we got actually, we actually got good feedback on that from the athletes because you can get your two workouts done in four to five hours. And then you have the rest of the day to rest. Um, it won't be, It'll be a little bit longer than that. Um, average is like four to six hours. Um, but adding in the scale than the teams is what complicated our uh, our scheduling. And we had to have a little more overlap because of that. You know, we took on uh, where our max roster was going to be 570. Um, but we only ended up having about 563 sign up total. So almost sold out completely. Uh, had a little bit, uh, a little bit on the scale side was uh, still open. But with adding 150 potential athletes, we had to open up a lot more time on Friday and Saturday, which are the days they are competing. So, so it, I, and I get that from a spectator point of view, and I, and I have that kind of later down on my agenda, but we can talk about that now. Mm -hmm. the pro, I think the biggest issue, and, I, and I've said it on here a lot, is I love the Masters athletes. I love watching them, but by the way they're constructed, you kind of have to sit through the same event um, like 24 times because of all the heats. And I'm just throwing a number out. I don't know what the actual number is, but you see the same event over and over and over and over again throughout the day because you have four heats from every age group, men and women, and it, it just becomes repetitive. When you break up the day like that, it kind of breaks up that monotony of the same event over and over again. Do you think that you got that when you had, did that in Cookville last year? Um, it was, was similar because we had two floors and each floor ran the same workout all day. Um, so there's no okay. switch, you know, there was two workouts a day. One workout had two scores or was a two parter. Uh, I kind of forget, but it's very similar next year when we take on 
a larger footprint. And that's what is our limiting factor is being able to take on a larger part of a venue so that we can have a much larger field of play or an additional field of play. Because if you do that, then you have way more options to break up the monotony. Like you said, um, you can have one floor that has two separate workouts that can do that, you know, help break up that monotony as well. Um, but with that, you do take on the task of acquiring more volunteers and staff to uh, run the event. So, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword there. You don't, you know, you can have a 40 lane rig, but you, for that one floor, you need 40 judges and 20 staff minimum. And uh, that can get a uh, taxing on running an all day event. So, you know, as we're working through it and growing, growing through those aches and pains, but, um, but yeah, so next year is going to be a lot different because we are taking on more space. Okay. So you keep saying next year, just to clarify, and I know that people that have been asking me this and want me to ask you this, I think I know the answer. You are going to continue to run the community event of yeah. legends, even though you have become a partner with CrossFit for the games. Correct. Yeah. So when we, when we had the first initial conversation between Bob and I with uh, what we wanted to do there initially, to be honest, we didn't think like we could do it. Um, we thought it'd be too much, but after having conversations with CrossFit and how much support that we're going to have from them logistically and financially, like we've spoke upon in other podcasts, um, and then hearing feedback from uh, our, our fans and our followers of Legends Championship, we decided to team up with Monster Games, Jason Ansley, who currently runs sponsorship for our event now. Um, and is also his event is a live event qualifier, the only one in the US. It kind of would create a hole in his competition. It would create a hole in the season calendar for our followers. So we decided and talked about it and said like, you know, if we three team up, we can definitely pull this off like we are this year. And uh, our plan is to stay in uh, Tempe, Arizona at ASU, which means that logistically and for planning, it's a lot easier to, you know, at least rinse and repeat the location and then continue to build up build upon that. So once we talked through it, the daunting task of running two became a lot uh, a lot more manageable. So we decided to move forward with running both. I know that will make a ton of my listeners super happy because <laughs> because masters don't have major competitions throughout yeah. the off season other than Wadapalooza and you guys right now, right? So <laughs> it 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 was going to put a hole in, in for them um, going forward. And I'm so glad that you guys are going to continue to run that with ASU being a more modern facility from all the pictures I've seen. Um, I talked to Heather Lawrence about the games themselves. And one of the reasons they're going to Fort Worth is it's a plug and play arena for them. Yeah. There's, there's less upfront work because it's such a modern facility. Do you think you'll have that with Arizona State? Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a bit different as far as, it is the modern feel. So you're going to walk into you know big hallway, nice floors. The bathrooms are, the facilities are big, giant locker rooms and bathrooms. I mean, last year we were at Mayhem, so we're using utilizing their facilities, and we brought in a 
semi-trailer full of bathrooms. So it's kind of a, it was a different feel, right? So this year compared to previous years is going to be um, much different. Even in San Diego, we were at the Sheraton, Sheraton Hotel, right in downtown San Diego. Like in the hotel, it was a very modern feel, but our main floors were outside in one of their like e semi-permanent event tents right on the bay. It was beautiful, but you know, you were still in kind of a, you know, set up semi-permanent building. Um, so this year it's going to be in, you know, in a giant, giant basketball court set up. Uh, both floors are close to each other, but not close enough to impact, um, impact each other. We got some beautiful signage made from signs RX. Uh, if, if anyone saw last year, the big sign we had at mayhem was, was a uh, 50 by 20, 20 tall, 50 wide, um, which was beautiful. This year it's 70 by 30 and wow. uh, it really covers an entire basketball court when you lay it out. So um, we're kind of transforming the whole, uh, the whole wing of the ASU uh, Sun Devil Fitness Center. So it's going to, it's going to have a modern feel, but you're definitely going to, we're, we're decking it out to make sure that we cover as much, uh, wall space as possible just because it, it enhances the feel you know the frills it's always exciting it i feel like it makes the competitors take it more serious when you see how much work was put into setup you know which um we always put a lot of thought into and we max out our budget every year on with this company signs rx so uh we actually just finalized it this morning and uh yeah we were right at the tip top of what we can afford with them uh, we're spending every uh, Corey Leonard said, uh, getting my Airbnb for next year right now. Be right back. Nice. <laughs> uh, so he, he was one of our listeners that wanted to know that you were going to continue to run the community event, uh, cool. Cool. has goals to make the games, but just needs a step in between, uh, till he turns 50. So that's what I know his story, uh, more intimately. And so that's cool. So a couple questions more about, uh, this year's legends. Uh, are you going to be streaming at all? No, not gonna be able to stream. We um, past two years we had a we had a very expensive live stream outside of our budget, but it was a commitment we made to experiment if it was possible that level live stream with a master's competition. And um, unfortunately, we weren't able to secure sponsorship um, based off the viewership we had, which was still pretty good, but apparently it wasn't enough. So this year we were um, completely out of uh, out of budget to put towards anything significant on a live stream. Um, we have been already talking about the Masters Games next year and Legends Championship next year with a different version of a live stream that is kind of a new technology thing that a few people are doing that um, the past couple months we've seen them experiment with. So we're excited that there's finally something in between like spending 20 grand on a still cam that I don't think anyone can really appreciate and spending 200 plus grand on what we've done in the past. Yeah. And finally something in between, but before there was nothing because you, like, you know, you're a media group, you start bringing in all this equipment, you got to power it, you got to man it, you got to control it and run it. And uh, it's a whole production way more complicated than, I thought, and it just make it makes me 
even scared to know what the games deal with um, on their end because it's the same company that we use that the games used, um, Hamilton Road Productions. Very professional, excellent people. Um, but even for what they provided with us, how much work they put into it, I can only imagine what their team looks like for something like the CrossFit Games. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's amazing to see these some media come and we've tried it ourselves the gorilla broadcast right where with iphones now they have 4k and you know if you can get enough bandwidth you can get a pretty good picture out if you have enough people to kind of man them and it's been yeah. fun kind of seeing people experiment with it and get better and better and i and it's going to be cool to see if that kind of like drives the price down or we find better ways to do this uh to get more people to get eyes on the sport we love. I agree. And it's very difficult because even like 2021, we did a live stream. It was a much different than last year at Mayhem, much different uh, look. So in 2021, we did all four days. We didn't build out any production in between the workouts or heats. So like you just saw like a blank screen saying next heat starts in this. Um, because even with having like activations with your sponsors on the side, that requires more manpower, more logistics and more money. Um, so in 2021, we did all four days and it was amazing. Um, but we were limited on, you know, adding in more production into the whole broadcast to create more of a story. It was just, like you said, the same heat, same workouts straight through on one floor. Um, the next year we decided to, go a different route this was last year on building out the production with activations with sponsors showing some uh pre-made stories from about athletes and people in the community of the in the masters community and it was amazing but we could only air it was only like not even two full days that we could do because again the amount of uh cost there is associated with that so i'm excited to see something come in between in between the two um next year to get back to a 2021-esque broadcast um which will show minimum the main floor all four days with uh with some daily recaps from the um announcers that we will take on uh you know in previous years sean woodland has done it twice we have bill grunler annie sakamoto um and some other ones that i'm blanking on but you know, getting getting those people back involved because we had so much positive feedback just hearing from uh, athletes, like hearing these guys say their name was a very special experience for them. And so that is part of an athlete experience we want to get back to next year. Yeah, and we're going to do our little part. You know, we do guerrilla wrap-up shows at every event we go to. We're going to do that at your event next week. Uh, you've agreed to come on a couple of the nights, at yep. least if you have time. Uh, so we'll do the best to get as many names out there as we can. Um, and I'm super excited to do that. It's one of my favorite things to do in, in the whole season. So uh, we're super stoked about that. Um, Jeremy Eats World, uh, Jeremy Williams, he competed in 2021, said mm -hmm. it was amazing, and he'd argue the hardest year from a programming standpoint. So my mm -hmm. question to you is, you know the programming, I'm sure, already. Yes. How do you think it stacks up this year? It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. Um, this year is again every year. It's every year. It's it's the most fun part, you know, programming. Um, I know a lot of other competitions. They 
kind of hire it out or bring in like outside sources. But Bob and I, it's just something that we we take a very long time to do. We literally already started have workouts program for next year that will tweak for 12 months. But um, it's definitely the hardest, um, the hardest year because of the variety that we're putting in with one, everyone knows we're swimming. So that's going to be a big change for everyone. Um, and the amount of uh, kind of thought that was put into each workout to find who's the fittest and possibly most, you know, most experienced, if you will, because we like to challenge experience as well. Um, but I can't say is we also like to give the opportunity to someone that maybe isn't experienced, maybe isn't as skilled, but maybe their conditioning is very high and they got a lot of uh, grit. I like workouts to where you can see those people win as well. You know, mix up the leaderboard. You know, if this guy can power through, maybe it's not a super technical workout, but they they have no quit, then it'd be really cool. We like it's really cool to see those people win as well. So. I think you're going to see less consistency of the people that normally take first, second, and third. I think there's going to be a little bit more mix up this year. Uh, Corey Leonard says, make it hurt. I like it. Oh, it's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did, how did you and Bob come together and come up with this idea to put on a, a master's competition? You see here, Bob, a uh, member of my gym since... 2014, I think, that's when we first met. Um, he was 40, uh, in terrible CrossFit shape, if you will. You know, did more of a bodybuilding type. Um, you know, Globo Gym, functional training kind of kind of background. But um, you know, mobility was terrible. But he still entered the Open that year, and I think that's what got him. I think it was that Open that year that got him hooked. Shortly after that, I started coaching him. Um, you know, he couldn't even squat an overhead squat a PVC pipe when we started, but he had a ton of uh, drive and you can tell he's a, he's a fierce competitor and um, he had a ton of power. So I knew he had potential. I mean, he, I think he was power cleaning like 265 with zero technique the day, the day I met him. So uh, he had power. He was deadlifting for 50 plus, you know? So I was like, all right, well, if a guy like this has this, you know, kind of natural strength. And he has that drive to learn he's going to be good. So we started going to local master's competitions, um, you know, small ones. Then he qualified for some bigger ones like Granite Games and Wadapalooza. And it was through like competitions, like the bigger ones, where you saw that the master's was brought on to help the community and make them happy. But uh, they were a sideshow, like everyone has seen. Um, they rarely got the main stage and like that, the CrossFit games in the years prior. So it was after 2017 Wadapalooza, I think, um, where they canceled like the master's final day or something. And, but they let the pros still go. And that kind of, you know, we weren't really running big events yet, so I'm sure they had their reasons, but it kind of, uh, kind of pissed us off a little bit. <laughs> so we thought, Hey, maybe we can do it better. Maybe we can start something. So, uh, we put together mainly Bob. He came to me with the idea. Um, he's like, Hey, let's do a master's comp single day. We'll just invite some people from the local area. So he pretty much pulled together about, I think it was 36 people. The furthest that someone came out was LA, Los Angeles, which is about 
two, three hours north of San Diego. Um, and we did a one day comp and people liked it. Uh, did the, did the next year, but added a scale division. We only got about 54 people. So we're like, all right, well, maybe, maybe this isn't going to work, but you know, we can, we felt like there was still something there. The following year, 2019 was when we added the online qualifier, two workouts per week for three weeks in a row. Um, and we qualified 120 people to come to my gym for a three day comp. We provided custom name signs, custom tops and bottoms from Born Primitive. Um, spent a lot of time working on that because it was pretty much just him and I up until the day of. Uh, and it was that year, that I think, that helped us kind of make a huge mark and show uh, show the community that this is possible. And that gave us a ton of fuel because um, we had like people from eight countries fly out. We had 46 U.S. states represented in, in 2019. And um, it kind of solidified that we had something going on that was good. Then we wanted to pursue it aggressively. That's awesome. And it's grown into this major competition. Um, so I want to kind of transition into being selected as the partner for the games. Being So we started this media company back in 2019. I started hearing rumblings about the breakup. We actually had Dave Castro on our podcast before he was fired. So it's it's been a minute. And he talked to us about, he had a vision for breaking off the age groups on that podcast. And that, so that was three, two, three years ago. He gets fired. He comes back. And then this kind of, the ball starts rolling again. You're hearing a lot of rumblings at the games, even before the games. And then bam, we get the announcement a couple months ago that it's truly happening. Were, did you hear those rumblings in 21? And did when you did, was there a concerted effort to try to be the one that was chosen? If in fact that happened. We heard a little bit of um, it's kind of weird with and I've heard actually Dave Castro say this, like he doesn't go to many other comps and he doesn't watch it because it kind of takes you away from what you're doing for your competition. Um I didn't really I didn't pay much attention to the CrossFit games on the master side after a certain point. Um I was just concerned with kind of seeing what we can do. Um I always looked at the programming. Um just to still get ideas, but I didn't really watch it. We heard some rumblings, but um, we've always been kind of like kept our head down and just worked on us and our competition. Um, that year, we weren't really focused on being selected, but we felt like in every year we've done this, we felt like it's just our goal to host the best master's competition in the world. The most high quality, most prestigious, we give the most, we try the hardest. Um, and if we continue to do that, then um, that will be recognized. Um, and we felt like that was the most simple way to do it. Um, him and I, as far as like politics and, you know, making friends in the industry, we didn't really focus on that. We're just like, we're just going to do what we do and provide the best experience for our people. So we always felt like if it did happen, that um, we felt like we were deserving to at least be in the short list of that. And um, when we got that call, it was like two days after Dave came back. So it was definitely 
high priority on his list. Um, we uh, we were excited, uh, but not totally surprised. Yeah, that was an exciting time. So you must think that this is the right decision to go in. Um, I've heard you say on other things, the Masters deserve their own spotlight and not to be a sideshow. And I thought this year at the games, they did a better job by kind of having them go first and then, and having their own time. Um, do you, do you think it's an advantage to the athlete to have their own competition? Yes. It gives, again, like I've said before, and I can kind of elaborate, it gives opportunity for this group to create something beyond what, um, we feel like, uh, like the CrossFit team can provide being at the same location and venue and time as the rest of the groups. Um, knowing the logistics on just running our comp, I mean, we have 420 athletes, uh, and with the footprint that we take over for a venue, for how long it takes to set up and break down and the teams, it gets very expensive. So a lot of revenue and uh, manpower is eaten up just on setup and breakdown. And then to be able to put all the athletes, that number of athletes through um, true tests, uh, it becomes very expensive and um, expensive on you know, volunteer and manpower and also financially. So this gives the opportunity for people like us and wheel one to maximize the experience that each have. Um, if this, I feel like if this didn't happen, it was just going to stay very, very the same to what we've seen for the past, uh, you know, eight to 10 years that they've had. This. So I think it's a very smart decision. And, I mean, year one, we got plans that is going to, they're going to take away everyone's um, concerns. And that's just year one. And if you track what we've accomplished in Legends for the past seven years, you should track, you should expect the same sort of progress and um, efforts to move forward on what we provide in the games, Masters games as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it is the right way to go. Uh, but I have a co-host on my Thursday night show who is a master's athlete. She is competing at Legends. Mm -hmm. It's been her dream to compete at the games and have that experience with all the athletes. And and for her, it felt like it was taken away. Now, she may be getting past that now, um, but yeah. when that was initially announced, it was a big blow to her. Um, and so do you feel pressure, even at this Legends competition, to show what you're capable of? to kind of ease their mind? Oh, for sure. Yeah. If, uh, you know, but I like pressure, um, kind of thrive off of that. So if I didn't feel like, if I didn't feel that, then I would, there'd be a problem. <laughs> so there's absolutely pressure to, uh, show everyone what we, we can do and how, you know, what we can improve on from previous years at legends. Um, and to, you know, talk to them in person and, uh, her feelings on that, I would, I could totally sympathize with, you know, that's gotta be, it's a pretty cool experience. I've coached at the games, um, a few times and it's a pretty cool experience to see your athlete warming up and you have Matt Frazier, Tia, Rich Froning, all those people walking around next to you. That is special. And I will, and that is something that, um, 
they will not be able to experience. Um, but I do think that, you know, that what they'll experience in the spotlight and the depth of competition that we're going to be able to bring, it's going to bring it more back to the competition itself rather than people focusing on a, a lot on making the games, uh, you know, all the frills, all the pomp and circumstance, which we're still going to provide, but it brings it back to the competition to where, like I've said before, again, um, it's going to be really difficult to be top 10. You know, there's going to be people that qualify 20th, 25th, that maybe had something going on that are going to heal up, or maybe they know that they can get top 40, that they can schedule their training throughout the year to peak at the game masters games. So it's going to change the competition drastically. And to see, you know, the leaderboard just have more movement, um, I think is going to attract a lot more people to the master side of the games. So I think it's going to change it. Everyone's going to, once they experience and go through that depth of competition and how it changes the competition floor and its outcomes, I think that's when everyone's going to um, be happy with the change as well. Another is another reason why I think they'll be happy about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And her story is she finished 17th as a 39 year old. Okay. So she was, she's flipping to 40 this year. And I think like in her head, it was special to be top 10, but she still can shoot for top 10, right? Like, and I think we got her head around that, but I want to go to the 40 because I, I actually love the way the season is set up now for the age groups across the board. I thought 10 was too few for the games, especially 35 to 40, 35 to 50. Sorry. They're 50% of our open revenue. Um, they deserve more. Do you think 40 is too much? Or do you think we'll find in a couple of years, maybe we need to go to like 30? Because that's a lot. That's a lot of heats for you to run. Um, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, we, we don't think it's too much. Um, we'll have 440 total athletes at the Masters Games because we're increasing the 65 to 20. Um, and with the venues that we're currently researching and getting closer to be able to release some information on, um, again, we'll have bigger fields of play. Uh, we'll have bigger heats. We'll have something that legends can't provide basically you know we haven't been able to secure like a giant field and map out this running route or biking route or something where you can run you can run something like murph you know you can run something like that to where you can get through a lot of heat or you can get through a lot of athletes faster so it it won't be too much and we're also playing with the idea and if we do this we'll announce it very early um the idea of making some cuts, you know, small ones to get down to 30 or less, 20 some or less. Um, and that would be because we're doing a four day comp. That's our goal, you know, so and that would be probably not till the last day. But that'd be something that, again, could be another feather in people's cap is that they've made the final day at the Masters CrossFit Games um, that they then were able to go through a certain workout that is more highly complicated because of 
now we have more space with less people. Um, and I feel like it would be very exciting to watch, even if you weren't, if you didn't make the cut, you know? So we're playing with the ideas on, you know, 40 for now. We're not against 30. We're not against going down to that. Um, we won't go below that. That is uh, not enough, um, yeah. especially those lower age groups and the depth of uh, skill and fitness they have in that. Um, but yeah, so we feel like it's, it's not too much, but it just needs to be done the right way. Yeah, I guess when I saw the teens at 30, it just made sense to me. And then I didn't understand why they went you to 40, but it's not for me to understand. I just, I just report the news. I don't make it. So they were um, pushed for 40 and they've been very respectful of um, kind of what we've provided in the past and what we want to uh, continue to provide from a, a hosted by legends competition. So uh, CrossFit um, was very respectful of our, our wishes there. So I know you can't announce a venue net yet, um, but is the, is the plan to have a stable location going forward for this or to have something that moves around like has been speculated with the elite CrossFit games? Yeah. So it's weird. We, our legends history, you know, start out in Carlsbad at my gym though. Then we went to Goodyear, Arizona because of COVID then we went back to San Diego, but downtown because it was too big for my gym. Then we got an opportunity with Mayhem the next year. So we went to Tennessee. Then we're back in Phoenix or, you know, back in Arizona, but in Phoenix. So what we've learned is that the first couple of years were extremely tough. Um, this logistics wise traveling and, but now we've learned we have a good system. So we're not afraid of having to travel year by year. It does provide something exciting um, to do, you know, to travel to different uh, different vacation destinations or something near a vacation destination. So we're not against it. I guess it just comes down to whatever venue uh, we end up we land this year, and um, what that contract looks like. You know, it will it be highly lucrative to where if we stay for two years, we can do a live stream at our whatever we want you know we got to weigh the pros and cons but um definitely not something that we're going to stay for i would think more than a couple years but you know we do want to eventually even look into international you know i was like bob let's go to vancouver that's just the closest almost international <laughs> place we can get <laughs> like that'd be super cool you know it's not get maybe not crazy and go to europe yet which is very far for us but again even we talked about that we're not against that and um that's yeah, just something that uh, we will always consider and look at as far as making a traveling comp, um, but weighing in, making sure that people are getting the max out of each each year. And so if that means sending it to your contract, we're not afraid to do that. If that means it's going year by year and pitching a new city every year, we're not afraid to do that as well. Yeah, I, from a logistics standpoint, it doesn't sound like nailing down a venue is the most fun part of doing this job. <laughs> so maybe a couple of years at a place wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, my wife would uh, be, she would love that. <laughs> she, she understands, um, she understands the, 
the pros that it has when you kind of travel. And we've had a lot of good feedback. You know, people saying like they love traveling to a different Legends Cup in competition every year. And um, we always think about that. So, yeah, like as of next year, as of this year, next year, I think this will be the first year since 28, 2017, 2018, when it was just a single day comp that we stayed in one location for two years straight. So um, we'll see how it goes. But it is it is yeah. fun. There is pros and cons, though. It is definitely not doing uh, what they call re requests for proposals. Um, those aren't not fun to me. Not my gig. Yeah. Not at all. Um, so I heard I heard you say in something that you believe that this new setup will actually bring more sponsors specifically mm -hmm. into the space, not just for the competition, but for the athletes. Can you uh, expand upon that a little bit for me? Yeah. So like what we did in 2021, um, brought on a company called Truger as our, our equipment sponsor, you know, brought them into and gave them a big spotlight for the CrossFit community. And through that, they saw the opportunity to start sponsoring some uh, high-level athletes. Like I think Easy Muhammad and like Danny Spiegel was one of the first ones that they brought on. And then, um, and they were kind of new to this CrossFit side. So, yeah, not just saying like equipment, but we will be able to bring in companies that don't aren't necessarily big enough. I would say to be like the pro CrossFit pro games, but they are big enough and do see that there is a potential ROI because that's what it comes down to, right? Especially when you're trying to run a company um, as a sponsor that, you know, maybe this atmosphere is worth a shot and we kind of give them a better stepping stone in being able to bring on athletes, sponsor athletes and, however they want to run that relationship with them, with them, it gives them a better opportunity, kind of gives them a shot to, uh, to have access to these athletes. And then you can really see how influential the masters uh, community can be. And like every year, especially at our events, the masters community, they do speak with their wallets. Um, they have the expendable income. A lot of them understand what it takes to run an event and what it takes to be a sponsor at an event. So they are more than willing to buy a sweater, buy a hat, buy some stuff for their family, um, especially our championship. It's right before Christmas. So we get a lot of people buying gifts for their family and friends. So it gives people, it gives these sponsors an opportunity to kind of get a crack at the CrossFit community. And also gives uh, the CrossFit community a chance to support them. So I really think that we'll be able to have some really epic vendor villages that the companies will be able to make some money and be able to spend that back on athletes, um, on sponsoring them and making sure that those athletes make it back to our comp every year and support them. So I do think that there's going to be an uptick for sure. I I think that's awesome. I'm I'm noticing because we actually followed some athletes last year, like Jason Grubbs getting some some sponsorships now. Rudy Berger just signed with Podium. Like some of the top end um, sponsors are signing, starting to sign Masters athletes, and I think that's a great trend. And it actually says a lot about you and your competition. Yeah, and we 
to support that as much as possible. You know, we have our competition. We started to get back. To, we, we started because we wanted to provide something that was better for the master's community. So if that means me doing whatever I can to work with sponsors, to work with athletes that are sponsored, to make sure that they get their maximum exposure, like we're going to do that. That is, I in my eyes, literally one of my jobs. That's something that I should be doing as an event director is making sure that not only athletes are having a good experience, that the sponsors are having a good experience. Because if they're having a good experience on the sponsorship side, then they're going to come back the next year and take care of the athletes again. And so it's kind of like this big old ecosystem that, you know, the me and the uh, and me, Bob and Jason are trying to massage and get everyone to work together to continue to host this event together. Because yeah, we're the directors, but you know, we can't do it without the athletes being can't do it without the volunteers being there to run it. We can't do it without the sponsors being there to support it and um, be present for the athletes. So, you know, we're all in this together. And that's what uh, the master's side of this and teen and uh, adaptive as well. That's where we need, I need to focus on and maximizing. Then we'll be able to be able to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I really think that the Masters games, especially with the size that we are and the number of Masters athletes that are competing out there, that we can get something close to early Carson days um, for the Masters. I think we could do that quickly. I don't think it's impossible. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. So next week is the first comp, the first thing on your list. Um, how many volunteers you got? coming in for that um we're at about a little over 100 right now we're making a push for about 20 more we usually get 20 to 30 more um that's pretty light for a competition our size but we have a really good staff that we bring in and um we have a lot of setup that we take care of early so um normally we make it a once it's started there's not a lot of running around to do even once on check-in day, which is Wednesday, we're pretty much just buttoning stuff up. We've learned that from mistakes previous years, by the way. Um, so a uh, little over 100. We'll probably end up with about 120. Um, we're providing a lot for our volunteers this year. We reached out to even the ASU student body, reached out to a competition that all their volunteers that just hosted one at the same location, Desert City Classic, um, reached out to them. So we had some people that said they had heard really good things about our comp and, um, they were excited that we reached out to them. So, um, local affiliates were providing some good prizes for the top affiliate with the VIP area and, uh, some extra goodies from sponsors. So, you know, we want to make a relationship with a lot of people in the local area this year and continue to water all of the relationships we have with, uh, returning sponsors from around the country to make sure that they feel as, you know, feel the gratefulness that we have for them because uh, it's, it's very difficult to even set up these competitions, but then you have to actually have the people to do it. So um, we want to show that. And it's always a big, big goal for us year to year to give more and more back to uh, the volunteers. Yeah. That's how I got started in um, the competition world of CrossFit 2014. I, I started uh, volunteering at regionals um, nice. and then went the whole way up through a bunch of competitions and all that. But uh, it's all, it's my roots and I love uh, giving shout outs to the volunteers 
because I know they're doing yeah. it for a little bit of swag um, and really just because they love the community. Mm -hmm. Oh, 100% agree. They, you know, even we have athletes every year tell us that this is like a highlight, one of the highlights of their life, um, which is amazing to hear because, you know, they're master's athletes. They've been around for a long time. But yeah. then most of the volunteers are masters as well. And they even say the same thing that they just, they feel there's something special about pulling off a competition like this, that even if you're volunteering and heck, even with Bob and I, in the past seven years, you know, we've, like I've said, we haven't profited, but we're still like, damn, this feels good to be able to do this. Like seeing everyone so happy and them pouring their hearts out on the field and you know, on the fields of play and being able to like, we put this together from nothing, you know? And so we came in year by year, we build it up, we program for it. We find the sponsors for it. We do all this work and then we bring in the team to execute it. And they feel, they feel the same, the same accomplishment that, you know, we all pulled it off together. And, um, it's a, it's an experience. Like once you start volunteering for this stuff, now I understand why games athletes, I'm sorry, games judges and games volunteers do it year by year by year. And they travel around the country together as like groups of friends. Now I like, I get it now that, um, it is a different experience and it's something that they take a lot of pride in. Yeah. I, I was part of that judging community for a minute. Um, I know a lot of them are coming to legends. Uh, right. so, uh, you're getting some of the best of the best. I know, I know that for a fact. Um, I want to finish with this. Is there a list of athletes who are coming to legends that we can see to see who we want to root for? Uh, for me personally, like, so I can research who's going to be there uh, and kind of put together some bios and stuff like that. Uh, is there a leaderboard up with that information yet? Yeah, there's a leaderboard on the competition corner website. There's a full leaderboard for all the athletes. The teams need a, need a few adjustments because of uh, we allowed replacements um, really up until the comp. As long as they're in the appropriate age bracket, the, we can replace them. But all the individuals on both the RX and scaled side, those are up to date um couple of uh crazy stories so on the scale side we have one person coming from japan okay the person coming from belgium area in and the scale division in scaled now um i don't want to downplay the scale division but it just blows my mind the the, that move to come out for a two day comp. And it makes me like, feel I'm like, man, we have to nail it for them. Just those two people. <laughs> like they're coming yeah. all uh, around the world. And so, um, it's just crazy to think that, you know, maybe this, this scale side is kind of an experiment year and it's first year that we've had it at the championship that, um, you know, it was kind of, uh, I was like, all right, cool. So there are some people out there that are willing to, uh, travel the world to come to a scale comp and, uh, you know, it's just really cool to see. But um, there's definitely a lot of cool stories. Jason Grubb, you know, I think he's going for his is it fifth fifth year in a row with Legends. Um, there's a bunch of other returning Legends that are going for fourth, third. Um, I do some research on the women's 50. So Jen Dieter, seven, eight years in the games. She's turning 50. Shannon Schliefer. She's from the Arizona. She's from the Nevada area. 
game multi-year games athlete. She's turning 50. And I believe uh, Carol Meason, who won the 45s for Legends last year as a 49-year-old, she's turning 50. So that is something that I'm extremely excited to uh, to see. That's going to be a battle. And there's a few out there. So um, I'll put together uh, um, some stuff this weekend and send it over to you so that we can get some good coverage on kind of those stories because um, that's going to be extremely, extremely fun to watch. Yeah, my uh, Kenneth here says, you can now call yourselves the International Legends Championships. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we... Um, I remember in 2020, we had a guy come from South Africa, you know, COVID year. And I was just impressed. I'm like, how did you do that with travel restrictions? And like, how did you, uh, how'd you get, how'd you get here? And so, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see people come out. We have a really good following in South America. Um, bunch of masters down there that love to come up. So, um, we have people coming from Argentina and Brazil. Um, I believe the count is 18 countries this year. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So awesome. And it, and it legitimizes you as a competition. Like you're, you're not just in Carlsbad anymore. You're, mm -hmm. you're not just 30 some people from LA down to San Diego. Like this is 500 plus athletes from around the world. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. awesome. I can't, I can't wait. This is my first time at legends. I tried to get to Cookville last year. Something came up with the fam, but um, I'm super stoked to be there. My my co-host is Jamie Latimer on my Thursday night show oh, she took second last year in 35 to 39 as a 39 year old. Uh, so she'll be 40 this year. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah. And look at that. Really quick. I have the that roster up right here in front of me. Yeah. Even that age group, the forties, you know, Delana Snyder, Megan, Apostolaris. I'm just Laura Toon. Man, that's going to be, that's going to be tough. It's funny. I've been doing a lot of research real quick. The women's 40, a lot of times will beat out the women's 35 on a lot of our competitions and uh, online qualifiers. Yeah. And uh, I haven't dove into the research behind it yet. I'm in time, but there's, there's something there. It's like, you know, typically, you know, your fitness or your times won't get better than the previous age group. But for some reason, there's a little, it's a lot. It's really close. Women's 40, women's 35. If not, the women's 40 are doing better. So, um, yeah, I'm always excited to watch that age group. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, I love this group. I love the, they're so open. Um, and they give so much in like storytelling. Uh, I actually enjoy this more than the elites because they've lived a longer life. They have, their stories are way cooler and I can't wait to tell a bunch of them. Yeah. Security, their life experience and, uh, you know, their gratefulness is always something that kind of gives us a lot of fuel every year. And um, they're really fun to be around. And, you know, we're grateful to be able to continue to host it, host it every year for them. Uh, Jeremy says, women's 40 to 44 often beat the fittest dude at your local box. Yes. That is true. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, with that, thank you so much, Joe. Um, thank you to everybody in the chat for hanging out with us. Uh, we can't wait to be there next week. Tune in all weekend next week. We'll be live in Arizona doing wrap-up shows, telling stories from the event. Um, so check our Instagram and our YouTube channel for all of that. We'll see everybody next time on Clydesdale Media Podcast. Bye, guys. Thank you. C4 Energy, extend 
and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C, the number four energy.com. That's C4energy.com. And now back to the interview. 